Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Cracking Knights show, the only weekly show on the planet dedicated to the NHL's two youngest teams, that's the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. As always, I'm joined by my co-host JP. Uh, JP, we've got so much to talk about today. Obviously, we had the holiday period. I'm presuming you're feeling fully rested. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a, I mean, it sucks that hockey had to pause there for a minute, but it's kind of back, so... Uh, I'm a happy camper. Yeah, it's back, but it's it's back in a bit of a weird sense because some teams will have played quite a few games over the New Year's period and a bit yeah. between Christmas and New Year's, and other teams have seemingly played no games. <laughs> right. Uh, it's I, 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 there was obviously logic behind the the PPD that we can see all over the place, but the Kraken and the Knights have both played games. Um, probably better for you than me uh but there you go but i thought what we talk about first uh jp pretty quick but those of you who are regular listeners to the show are probably staring down at your iphones your ipads um whatever other device you happen to be listening there are more mobile devices out there than apple but you know whatever uh and you're probably looking down thinking well, that's changed because the logo is different, the name's different, but it's the same two people doing it, which it is. Uh, so I thought it would probably be good just to quickly go over why we've changed. And obviously this was all on the video that was posted on Twitter, but I know that not everybody who listens to it is probably following us on Twitter, although you should. Um, and, and we have changed direction. And one of the reasons for that is we, we had feedback from the listeners and we knew that predominantly we had Golden Knights and Kraken listeners. One of the reasons for the changes. Another reason is those that know JP and everything he does with Golden Steel know that Vegas is, is, is it'd be safe to say JP, Vegas is it's your team. It's what you care about. It's what you're into. It's, you know, it's what you do your analysis on. It's who you watch. You know, that's yeah. who you know best. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a golden Knights freak for sure. So that's accurate. (laughs) And obviously likewise with me for, for Seattle. So we thought the best thing for us to do that would appeal to you as listeners, but appeal to us as well as hosts, because it's a two way street, uh, is to, is to focus on, on the Vegas golden Knights and and the Seattle Kraken, which is what we're going to do now. What that means in terms of the show makeup is we're still going to cover the other big news stories in the NHL. So it's not that we're going to ignore things that happen outside of Vegas, outside of Seattle. But the biggest change from the offensive zone show to what you've got now in the Cracking Night show is that every week as a listener, you'll know that we are 100% going to be talking about Vegas and we are 100% going to be talking about the Kraken. Um, everything else obviously will come and go, but and we're still going to have guests. Uh, Max and Tyler are still very much involved with the show, just on a, on a, on a less frequent basis. Um, but as we've said before, this is just about making sure that what we give you is 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 what you want. So if there's certain things you want to hear more of around the Knights or Kraken, please do let us know. Um, we are covering a topic today which was put forward by one of our listeners, uh, and he'll know who he is when we talk about it. Uh, but <laughs> the more we have of that, the better. So uh, yeah, so that's, that's that, just to cover that off. Just in case people think that it's uh, they've clicked the wrong podcast on the podcast player, <laughs> uh, you haven't. So cool. Right. Well, I'm going to try this new shingle, and hopefully it works. It'll either be you, JP, or it'll be the other one. Let's see what happens. <laughs> ah, it's the new one. There we go. All 
So that's a little shorter one, which I thought was easier for us to get to. I don't know if you'll be able to hum along to that one, JP, or not. You can do it's your not, own rendition of that I one. I probably could. I might need to hear it a couple more times. Just but yeah, I can, I can hum yeah. along. I'll, I'll work on that. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> we can have an acapella version. <laughs> as long as you don't ask me to join in, that's fine. My singing days are done. Um, the, the We have two, well, we have three major bits of news. Two league impacted. One that is more close to home for for me and you but uh the biggest news that happened over the christmas period was that the nhl have said that the players will not be attending the olympics uh we talked about it pre on the last show i think um in terms of it being rumored but it has actually been confirmed by the nhl now that it won't be going on so there's we're not going to talk about it in any great length today i mean jp i don't understand anything you want to add but it's you know, they've made that decision, which means that February is going to be used now as a catch-up month, uh, and there's going to be quite a few games to catch up on. Yeah, yeah, that, right. They're just going to – and how long was that break? It's, I mean, it's two or three weeks, I think, or something. Yeah, like that, it's basically it? the whole month. Yeah, it's kind of – I'm trying to remember. It was sort of the all-star break. Uh, I mean, what used to be the all-star break or what is normally the all-star break was just kind of really long. They were going to do all-star game and then Olympics after that, right? Wasn't that how it was originally – yeah. structured i think yeah so i mean that actually works out pretty good it takes a little bit of the pressure off with a lot of those postponements you know yeah it does and it allows us to get an 82 game season in which i think you know for most fans and most teams is probably um yeah their preference would be to have both of course it would be but if they could only have one i think a lot of players would rather finish the season um yeah. than have the olympics yeah. but Absolutely. I, and actually, they came back faster than I thought. I, did, I thought yeah. that we were going to have a league-wide pause mm-hmm. for a lot longer than than we did. And so um, so it's nice. It's nice to see that you know things are still rolling for the most part. You know, a couple teams still kind of, you know, slowly kind of coming back. But uh, but yeah, I, I did. I didn't expect, you know, this many games to be back on already. So it's, it's a good thing, you know. Yeah. And stadiums as well that are still, um, I know we're going to talk about the Winter Classic uh, a little later, but uh it was a completely ram stadium i know it's outside so it's a little easier in terms of covid but it was nice to see that a lot of the arenas have still got fans in there i know there was a you know it was a good attendance at the cracking games um so mm, yeah so yeah we hopefully will get through the january period relatively unscathed in terms of you know yeah interruptions from covid mm-hmm um, and staying on that lovely COVID bandwagon. So the NHL also changed the protocol uh, arrangements. So they've shortened the period now that you have to be off with, you know, obviously you have to show that you're a negative test, but it's the actual turnaround time has been reduced. I can't remember the exact amount of days, but I'm pretty certain it's been halved in terms of the amount of time that a player would have to sit out in COVID protocol, which should um, emphasis on should, but should allow teams to better manage uh, their rosters and have less impact in terms of top players missing. And they've reintroduced the taxi squads as well, I believe. So, mm-hmm. as I've seen, I think I read that. Friendly, yeah. yeah, I've seen Cat mm-hmm. Friendly a couple of like the list of players that also taxi squad next to them. So, um, so yeah, and like you said, JP. I haven't seen that many games impacted. A lot of the ones that were postponed were already postponed. Um, but hey, it's, if this is this is the best of a bad job, I think at the moment, which is all we can all we can hope for. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's better than I was bracing myself for a lot worse. So I'm, I'm oh, yeah. happy uh, under the circumstances with the way things are in the world. I'm happy with uh, you know, the way it's being handled, you know, at the moment. And it's yeah, the impact wasn't quite as as bad as you and I were expecting. You know, we were kind of bracing ourselves for worse than this. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, it's a it's a good thing. It sucks that we're still dealing with it at all, but that's the world we live in at the moment. So well, that's um, true. You know, one one foot in front of the other, one one step at a time. You know, we'll eventually get out of it. So yeah, hey, to be fair, you're right. I actually I thought it was going to be worse than this. So. Yeah, you know, this is one of those times where I am, I am, I am glad to be proved wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'll take it for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, uh, the other two kind of major bits of news, and these are the ones that are closer to home. So we'll finish on a good point. We'll start with the two bad bits, and these were two injuries. So um, coming to you first, and you you may know better than me in terms of how long he's out for, but uh, patches. So match patch already is is out i believe it was indefinitely i don't know if you've got mm-hmm. any update on that no update at the moment yeah indefinitely is the is the last that we've heard um unless something broke today that i haven't seen but uh mm-hmm. i feel like they always say that when when a timeline is hard to predict you know like just not get, and and the other thing is clearly the cap relief that that gives them right now is a valuable thing under the circumstances, the way the team is and sort of making room for Eichel eventually and all that. So I think mm-hmm. that's also just an easy thing, like put him on long-term injured reserve <laughs> and then deal with worrying about predictions later. Like it's not their top priority to say how long it's he's going to be out. The fans would love that, but um, right now they're like, nope, just put him on LTIR. <laughs> Let's move the cap. Let's, uh, you know, move this cap money around. And uh, But I mean, you know, wrist surgery, like, you know that I, I get it that, that you know he probably has pins in his wrist or something that's that's going to be a few months at least i would expect uh, you know i can't say for sure but um you know is is this a kucherov do you think <sighs> you know I, you and i have spoken about this off the air if it could be i mean you know if if he so if patcheretti is out of the lineup mm-hmm until playoffs and he doesn't come back until playoffs, then it absolutely could work that way. I mean, they, they might, I couldn't, I haven't done the math. Mm-hmm. They could feasibly roll into playoffs with the roster fully intact without having to move a miss one of the misfit line or with patcher, his salary is big, right? So with his salary off yeah, the yeah, cap, six or 7 million, I think it absolutely could end up being a Kucherov situation. Now, of course, the question is, is he even going to be back for playoffs? You would think so, but it's, you know, you never know. I mean, he could miss all the playoffs too. So, but yeah, absolutely. That was my first thought. I was like, ooh, this could be kind of a Kucherov situation. I love that, that Kucherov now is, it's a thing. That, that has yeah. been named after him, right? <laughs> <laughs> he'll be, he'll get in the dictionary eventually. So uh, exactly. Yeah. Full Kucherov as a, as a friend of mine said, but yeah. And we all know how well, the full Kucherov went down last year. It worked and, out uh, very well for them. Yes, they were mm. um, they were drinking out of the cup, weren't they? <laughs> and right. I imagine that helped. So. Canadian <laughs> fan base uh, did not appreciate yeah. the, the full Kucherov mm. Much treatment. to their chagrin, um, exactly. So, mm. I mean, I got to be honest, I'm not sure... I'm sorry, Canadians fans. I'm with even without Kucherov. I'm not sure that that uh, Montreal would have taken Tampa in that series. But uh, but I get it. I do understand. It's that you know it's a it's a little bit of loophole in the rules, and and Tampa exploited it for sure. So hmm. 
Yeah. But Tampa is so good. I mean, come on, right? I mean, like, nobody was beating Tampa last year. I mean, oh, that, was, that could they, happen again this year, to be brutally honest. Exactly. They're incredibly stacked. So, I mean, you know, Kucherov or not, they won it the year before. Um, they basically won it without Stamkos, right? Yeah, yeah, the year before, yeah. <laughs> Stamkos yeah. played, like, three shifts and scored one goal, I think. But basically, they won the cup without him. So, that's how good they are, you know. Yeah. Scary. But anyway. Scary yeah, good. Exactly. Scary good. Uh, and then sticking with injuries, although this team is definitely not doing this for any sort of Kucherov movement. Uh, and that was Brandon Tanev and a Seattle Kraken. So he's out all season with an ACL injury. Oh, man. Which is, what a bummer. It sucks. And it, it <sighs> sucks for two reasons. One, it sucks because, um, you know, those that know me well enough know that Turbo is, is my favorite player anyway. So I'm probably horrendously biased. I'm actually currently mm. sat here and it's just in. In mourning for his uh, for his season, I'm sat here with my Tanev jersey on. But uh, terrible news! Yeah. It's awful, man. And, and then, and obviously, makes it worse. Is you know, he was on a really, really like his his season numbers. If he'd have carried on at the same kind of trajectory, he would have had career numbers for himself. And I just you know, he's that kind of guy. As you know that he's a big locker room benefit with him. But what he brought on the ice, his intensity, and his scoring as well, which is a surprise because it's not something he's particularly known for. Um, yeah, big loss for the team. He's a total fan favorite, right? Like, yeah, you can't help but like him. It's yeah. it's just yeah, a total bummer. I mean, not just for the lineup, for the fans. Like, that's a real that's a stroke of bad luck for sure. I was super bummed to to hear about that. I mean, just you know, I mean, the team will press on. Like, this is part of hockey, but. Tanev of all people. <laughs> no, yeah. If you had asked me which player in the lineup would do we Couldn't not want to lose? Could have could it? So, <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, no offense to Donskoy, but uh, we yeah. could, yeah, yeah. Yeah. could yeah, have been anybody else other than him. I haven't said that. Jaden Swartz, obviously not, he hasn't had his season ended, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about the cracking in a bit, but he is he's a big loss as well. So, uh, more than what I think people have given it credit for uh, those that have been commenting on obviously social media, but uh, he, he is, he is a big loss because his creativity, his chemistry with Eberle as well, I think is, um, and Venberg for that matter is something that's been missing in recent games. Uh, yeah. And then the final bit of news, and this is one of those bits of news, which is just awesome. Awesome on multiple levels. Cause I'm the first person um, to slag off, uh, social media uh, and the and to be vocal about the downsides of social media, which we know and we're not going to go into in this podcast. But um, but there are times where it is a beautiful and wonderful tool, um, and and this is is one of those. So on October twenty third, a uh, Kraken fan called Nadia. Popovich, hopefully I'm getting that surname right. It does end in an I, so it could be Popovici, but I'm going to go with Popovich. Uh, and um, if she's listening, please correct me. If you're not, then someone else, please correct me if it's wrong. <laughs> but she was sitting behind the Canucks bench on October 23rd, right? <clears throat> and she spotted a mole on the back of uh, a one of the coaches, so Hamilton, Brian Hamilton's neck. And she wrote a message on her phone and then knocked on the plexiglass. And the message basically said, 
that mole on the back of your neck, I think is cancerous, right? Which, like, I mean, the rest of the story will show why that's such an important message, but that, that must have been so surreal for that guy to have been looked around and seen that phone and been like, uh, okay. Um, but anyway, so he went and got it checked out after the game, uh, and it turns out it was cancerous. Wow. Uh, obviously, he, he got it, got, it, it was seen early enough that they were able to uh, operate on it, remove it. And it's, and you know, like the way that he's saying it is pretty much she saved his life. And I think that's probably the best way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he then did, and the Vancouver Canucks and Seattle Kraken obviously supported this, is he then used social media to find out who it was. Because obviously at the time, he didn't know it was Nadia that he just knew that some Kraken fan had, had put something on the glass. I mentioned it. Yeah. And, you know, he was probably expecting it to be some sort of derogatory comment. Looked at it, so it was that and thought, oh, God. But so he managed to find out who she was. Uh, and uh, and the Kraken, so Seattle Kraken and the Vancouver Canucks uh, gave or donated her £10,000 to do the course that she was aiming to do, which is this um, nurse course. I, I have no idea which one it is. Uh, I, I'm not trained to be a nurse, so I have no idea. But anyway, it was a fantastic gesture from the two teams. And to me, that's where like that's where social media is beautiful. You know, yeah, to absolutely. Be able to, to be able to, for him to say thank you. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, I've I've heard of stories like that before. There was a similar kind of thing with a a, a tv host here in mm-hmm. the states on um, hgtv that he had uh, he and his wife had this renovation show and somebody on television spotted like watching the show spotted like a lump on his thyroid mm-hmm. and some and someone wrote in or yeah on social media said hey you need to have that checked out you could have thyroid you know a tumor on your thyroid mm-hmm. exact same situation and as it turns out she was right he did and he had to have surgery and have it removed and so yeah, very much could have saved his life as well. So yeah, absolutely. That's the great thing about the interconnectedness of life now is we have larger communities and, you know, more resources and, you know, people who are experts on these things or who have more knowledge can notice things and help you. And no, it's great. It's a great story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so there you go. Obviously, the other beautiful benefit of uh, connectivity, JP, is uh, is us. Otherwise, <laughs> given right. the fact that you're based in Vegas and I'm based in the UK, so um, yeah, you're on the yeah. other side of the world, and uh, here we are uh, working together on a on a show. And yeah, absolutely, it's uh, technology is a wonderful thing. Exactly. If only we could get over that time difference, mate. That would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would help. That who, would help. Who, who, who do we call about that? Yeah, because someone just to yeah. move these clocks closer together and stop this messing about with these eight hours—it's a killer. I know, um, I know. Although it does help when I'm watching hockey in the morning. So. <laughs> we said we were going to talk about the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights uh, and we are going to deliver on what we promised because that's what we're going to talk about now. We're going to start with the Vegas Golden Knights, JP, and come to you. Uh, they're a pretty good run at the moment. Um, um, yeah, it's, it begrudges me to say that uh, <laughs> given I, where we are, but uh, Vegas on yeah. a pretty good run. Uh, and one of the questions that we had before this week's show um, from uh, from the Hoot, and he knows who he is, because uh, infamous almost on, uh, on Golden Steel now, uh, and obviously the Kraken <laughs> Knights show, it was talking about the power play. And the power play has been something that you are through Golden Steel have talked about a lot. Uh, but I just wanted to get your thoughts. Obviously, he asked a question around how it's been recently yeah. um, and you know whether it's improved. 
Yeah, I mean, it's night and day. It, it's, you know, I don't know what the percentage is now over the last seven or eight games, you know, and their season percentage, of course, is still not fantastic just because it was so bad for so long, right? So that early mm-hmm. kind of um, poor performance on the power play has pulled the percentage way down. But the last seven or eight games, I mean, it's wow. You know, they're doing, they're getting one, a lot of times one or sometimes two power play goals per game. Um so it's, yeah, it's clicking now. Uh, I, you know, I can't help but think that a lot of that is just because they're healthier now and, and the people, yeah. the way the team was built, they're playing much more, much more closely to the way the team was built, meaning the power play units that they had designed on paper are actually mm-hmm. getting to play now. And for so much of the season, that was not the case, right? You can build your systems, you can teach your players your systems, but it's a fact that some players are just really good power play assets and some are not. And that, you know, they, in the off season, I think I've mentioned, you know, they, I think a big reason they brought in Evgeny Dodonov and Nolan Patrick are because both of those guys are excellent on the power play. Nolan Patrick is that gritty guy in front of the net in the blue yep. paint, you know, causing chaos. Like that's one of his strengths. And uh, Dodonov is, is quick at moving the puck around. Both of those guys are known power play guys. And, uh, you know, Patrick just rejoined the lineup. I mean, he's been out for, um, I don't know exactly how long, but he's been out for a long time. A he missed of months, a lot of games. It? Yeah. 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 And, um, so I think that's a big part of it. I think it's, you know, there's that weird, like juju, like, you know, kind of <laughs> the psychological <laughs> element as well. Like the, when it's so bad, it's, it, you lose confidence and then you get paranoid and you're grabbing your stick too tight and. So I think they've, they've found a little momentum as well, right? They, they feel good about the power play now. So it's a weird thing. Sports is a weird thing. You can flip a switch, you know, and, um, something that's terrible, all of a sudden you make a little tweak and it's great. And, and it's so bizarre how that works because Knights fans all over were ripping their hair out. They were. It was about the power play. Yeah. There was just, a one thing that they were really losing their mind about. <laughs> Just <laughs> wailing and gnashing of teeth over the power play. Uh, you know, and at times I had to kind of like tell everybody like, hey guys, calm down. Like, it's fine. The team's doing really well. Like, you know, it's it's not the end of the world, but fans were so frustrated with the power play to the point of even booing the team on the ice a couple of times. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's clicking now. Hopefully it, it keeps clicking you know i mean it's you never know how it's gonna go but uh, i've been impressed lately watching it it's it's um and the crazy thing is it's not even when you watch it it doesn't even look totally dialed in yet you know like when you watch tampa Mm -hmm. on a power play you can just see their like precision you can see their sort of professional precision you're like wow these guys their power play is really good you know, it doesn't even always look like that for the Knights, but somehow they're still putting them in the net. It's weird. So I'll take it. I'm not going to argue, but. Uh, yeah. And so. like you said, I mean, zone entries for me are always a really big factor for how good a power play looks. Doesn't matter. It for doesn't sure. always mean that they are that great because you've still got yeah. to put the puck in the net, of course. But that that's normally the, the main stumbling block. I know, you know, the years that I was following Chicago when they had a rough power play, you could always tell because they'd start dumping the puck in like as the transition on the power play, they dump it into, you know, the team that's on the penalty kill, their defensive zone. And it, it just became messy. It didn't just feel like it chase. was like an orchestrated 
yeah. you know, slick move. It just felt like it was just, man, if we get it in there and we just, you know, the old classic throw pucks on net, then, you know, something's yeah. going to happen. Whereas, like you said, the, the power plays have suddenly looked better are the ones where they look like they've come straight. You know, there's a training-led move. Like There is yeah. a specific play that they're going with. So, yeah. Yeah, clean zone entries and yeah, yeah, exactly. You get a clean zone entry that looks precise. And mm. if a team, I always feel like if a team can park, if they can get into the zone and then get the other team in, the, you know, that power play stance where mm-hmm. everybody's in position now and, mm. and nobody is like in, you know, nobody's in quick transition towards anything. Like you can see the five skaters are kind of in their spot. And now you're passing the, you know, the puck around the perimeter. It's like when teams are able to get set up in that position more often, that's when they start, you know, scoring. Like, but it, yeah, it's like you said, if, if it's chaos and they can't, they can't even get to their sort of set positions, then you can't work any of your plays, right? Like, exactly then it's right. just almost like five on five in a way that you just, you know, you're just hoping that you get a, a good shot on net or that you manage to squeeze one in, but, uh, a rebound or something where it, yeah. it, it, it it works. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, look, the Vegas Golden Knights are, they've, they've had a pretty good December anyway. I know we're in January now, but we, you've only played the one game. Well, no, actually, technically in January, you haven't played the one game because it was December 31st. Um, it just feels like January 1st to me because that was when I watched it the next morning. Um, but four game win streak for you guys back on top of the standings, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in terms of your division at least. First um, in the division and yeah. first in the conference, I think. So at least last I checked, although I know that some, sometimes, you know, a game or two can happen and that changes, but they're way up there for sure. You know, it's it's funny, like right now, I don't know what happened. I guess it's just because they're healthy, but wow, that they look really dangerous right now. I mm-hmm. mean, against, the, against Anaheim on uh, New Year's Eve day, they made Anaheim look like the Anaheim of last year. Like seriously watching it, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, the Ducks kind of look like they looked last year or the Knights are just playing that well. And, you know, this is the team that's challenging for first in the division, right? It was actually kind of a battle for first. Like if the Ducks it, wait, had won that game, yeah. I think they yeah. would have taken first back. So, um, yeah, they're, it's clear. The team's looking really good right now. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, uh, there are no worries anymore. The team is looking like, you know, like the contender that everybody expected them to be. So, and they are yeah, top of the uh, conference. Uh, yeah, 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 top of the conference as well. Top Even after St. Well. Louis destroyed Minnesota in the uh, in the winter, winter spoiler, classic. Spoiler alert, by the way, because <laughs> <laughs> you haven't watched the Winter Classic. Uh, but uh, and if you haven't, Jesus, it's Monday. What were you? What were you playing at? Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, they destroyed them, didn't they? And that so it was it was it was quite funny. Um, uh, I know that you love your stats, JP. As <laughs> the, and if anybody's listening to this podcast for the first time, the way that this this tandem works is that JP is the philo- philosophical. Um, see, the reason why I'm not is I can't even say it. Philosophical person between the two of us. So, and you, you heard his talk about the power play. He didn't mention any numbers. It was yeah. just, it's just <laughs> you know, it feels like they're, they're clicking better. Like there's, there's a little chemistry. You mentioned juju as well. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah. All these technical yeah. terms. Here. Whereas. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm, and I know some people don't like it, but this is this is how I how I'm wired. I'm a stats man, okay. And uh, it was a funny comment, JP. I know that we you've talked about some of the stuff. Now I, I posted a blog on the the Kraken Knights website, which is 
uh, just for that one person as well. It's www.cracking-knights, uh, obviously knights with a K, uh, .com. Uh, and there's a blog on there which is talking about Seattle Kraken and their season so far. Tongue-in-cheek uh, in terms of who's to blame because it's very early to be blaming anybody. But it was just looking at some of the aspects that have led to the season that have been there now. And one of the comments I got back, and I love this, was, um, you know, hockey's played on the ice, man. It's not played with statistics. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Statistics don't predict the future. I'm, I'm aware of that. It's not it's no, like there's no cryptic codes to hockey. And like so, but like it does tell you what happened in the past because it's fact, right? Like so there is, and I know that, that even me and you don't always agree on, on how important stats are, but they, they, like, you, they, like, they do tell you what happened. So, oh, absolutely. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, I was doing some research for that yeah. piece. Um, and, uh, and it, I, there were some surprising statistics that came out about Vegas. And that's why I wanted to pick that up now, because I think this is going to surprise a lot of people. Now you guys are top of the conference, so you could well within your rights at the end of what I'm about to say, go, eh, that's not seeing, but we don't care, which, which is fine. <laughs> Maybe they won't. I think if the Kraken was that first of the conference, I probably wouldn't care either. But, uh, as you tend to be more analytical when you're losing than you're winning, that's just human nature. Um, but so these are statistics around um, shots and around what they class as expected goals. So expected goals per game. Uh, and they work the expected goals out based on the medium and high danger chances. I don't know the exact formula behind it because, like, you know, I like my stats, but like I'm not, I'm not kind of brains or whatever it was from Thunderbirds. I'm not going to work that out. But there is, there's, there's a complicated algorithm in the background that works out this expected goals at, like you know, per game. And Seattle's expected goals is 2.21, which is the league's lowest. Okay, so that's the best. Okay, so 32 being the best number in this one because it means your expected goals against, I should make that point, goals against per game is 2.21. Now, Vegas's was 2.78 right, which is the ninth highest in the league. So in terms of the amount of goals that Vegas should, emphasis is on should, not actually, should be giving up per game, is the ninth highest in the NHL, which I was surprised. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. their actual goals against per game is 2.65, which is the 14th in the league. So right. still not great, still surprisingly higher than what I would expect Vegas to be, but it does show how important the goalie tandem that you have is because in terms of the shots that Vegas are giving up, you should be letting in more goals than you are. It's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. And, and, you know, I feel like kind of the, the, the Knights identity, excuse me, the Knights identity at the moment is, um, a little bit, I don't want to say it's like the sharks, but I remember, you remember the year that the sharks went to the conference final, mm -hmm. this would have been maybe three years. It's the year that the blues won the cup. Um, the blues eliminated them in the conference final and they were just so banged up. Like it was, it was not even close. Yep. They were so banged up by that time. The sharks were, but I remember that year, the sharks had the worst goaltending in the league. I don't mean bad. I mean the worst statistically, the worst goaltending in the league and they made it to the conference final. But the reason they made it to the conference final is because their offense that year, they had this high octane offense and they could, they, it was one of those things, you know, the sharks, you could, 
you could be beating them by three. You could be up by three and don't count them out. They just mm-hmm. had such a knack for scoring. Now, I don't think the Knights are, I think the Knights have much better defense and much better goaltending than the Sharks did that year. But um, but I do think that's working in the Knights' favor right now. Scoring is not a problem. Like they score a lot of goals. You know, there's a lot of games where where the Knights are scoring four, five goals, six goals. And so, yeah, if you can score that often, then you can give up that many goals and still win, <laughs> right? So I think that's kind of what's going on. But but that doesn't surprise me that you said yeah. their expected goals are are not as great as you would expect because. Um, yeah, they have been a little leaky back there this year. You're not seeing a lot of shutouts. You're not, yep. you know, you're, it's, and you know, we talked about this last episode. Um, you know, Leonard has not been, uh, he hasn't been sealed up quite as tight back there as I've seen him do at his best, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Uh, he's out injured right now and, and Brozois now is getting to play steady games. That, and actually, yeah. Brozois yeah. dialed in is really good. Like he's when good. he's, when he's on his game and he's really warmed up and has played two or three in a row, like he's, he's excellent. So, mm-hmm. um, they, they made a, a good move bringing him in, but yeah, that's an interesting stat there. And, and uh, to your earlier comment, I do believe that statistics and <laughs> psychology are both important elements of the game. It's, it, I, I obviously tend to enjoy talking about the psychology more, but, you know, re- referencing that, that person, you know, who posted to you, who said, you said somebody posted like, oh, it's, it's played on the ice. You know, the stats don't matter. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't agree with that. The stats are are huge indicators of performance and they're huge indicators of trends. And um, yeah, I think the stats are very important. But um, but yeah, both both important elements of the game. I think the psychology and the oh, mental yeah, aspect of it. Yeah. That's why teams pay sports psychologists to come in and, and talk to their teams, right? Because it's, how do you explain Vancouver all of a sudden under Boudreaux? Like, you know, they're, now they're just on fire. They haven't lost yet, I don't think. Have they? No, they have. They lost once. Yeah. Oh, did they so lose they one? Okay. Shoot right. so they lost as well. I mean, that was a real kick in the uh, in the nads. But uh, yeah, it's all right. They bounced back because they beat us. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's <laughs> much to yeah. your chagrin, I know. But I know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, absolutely. Stats um, stats matter, and and I'm not surprised to hear that about the mm-hmm. Knights. Surprising. You know, they, they have a great defense, but they've been leakier back there this year than, um, than perhaps in the, in the, you know, couple seasons prior. Yeah. So, and by the way, I, I agree with you on the psychology bit and it's one of the, um, I know everybody's entitled to their own opinion as well on some people will take lots of care in terms of what stats say and some people won't, but you're definitely right around the psychology because that's the same in, in any walk of life, whether that's business, whether that's, Oh, sports yeah. you know mm-hmm. management of a team psychology is such a massive massive factor and that's why some of the best coaches aren't technically like immensely gifted around tactics they just got a great way of being able to galvanize a locker room and one of the comments yeah. around uh, what i called in the uh, blog the vegas curse um you read the article to see what i mean by that but was they were saying that what Vegas did in their first season, like it's very easy to say, well, they just have better players. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, they're fine. Like, they have better players at the end of the season, at the beginning of the season. They're the players that nobody wanted. Like, that's the, that's the way it worked. Now, okay, yes, they had better players in that draft than Cracker, and we could talk about that for till the cows come home. But, you know, Gallant and his ability to get that locker room, you know, like they used to, I know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty certain that before they played each team, 
they used to get the person who was essentially given up by that team. Like they got that person to almost talk about, like, you know what I mean? Like almost like they galvanized a team so that every night somebody on the ice was saying, I'm going to show you that you were wrong to, to let me go in the draft. You know, almost like that mentality of, of the, we're better than, than to be, you know, discarded the whole misfits kind of thing. So, um, yeah, psychology is definitely a massive factor. And then the team would all want to rally around that player to mm. help them prove yeah. that point. Yeah. It's just like when a team, you know, when a goalie is working on a shutout or something and the whole team plays harder because they want to give the goalie that shutout, right? Yeah. Like we want, we want him to have that. He worked hard tonight to earn it, right? So no, absolutely. That's, that's, I definitely, they, there was a lot of that in year one. And, yeah. And uh, I, and it worked. You know, personally, I, I love that. You know, I just, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, so we said we're going to do the Kraken as well, which we are. The Kraken obviously are not quite in the same position as Vegas, although our power play isn't horrendous. Um, and it's been pretty good all season, but the results are certainly not there. So we're on a, as I, as we, as we record this, although the Kraken aren't playing tonight, so it will be hopefully the same when it goes out. Uh, they want a five game losing streak and December was not a kind month for for the for the Kraken. Uh, they ended up finishing December, so ignore the game last night. This is up to the thirty first, uh, two, five, and three, uh, and we were probably slightly lucky that some of these games got postponed because uh, otherwise it could have been worse than that. So it's tough. It's tough for the Kraken right now. It's interesting to see how the fan base reacts. Um, you know, I think some people are disappointed. Uh, rightfully so, by the way. Like, I, 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 one of the other things that I found quite funny is when people criticise the team. You know, a lot of people get obviously. So look, sport is emotion, right? I know that, but anybody else is why when you lose a game, you feel like launching something, you know, around your room or whatever. Like, I, I get the emotion behind the sport. It's hard for me to launch things around my room at four o'clock in the morning because my wife would kill me. But, um, but <laughs> I still want to do it in my head. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing all sorts of things, and um, so. I, I totally get the emotion, but it's funny when you see somebody who will criticize the team or even just give an opinion on where they think maybe we're lacking and straight away people are jumping on it saying, no, no, this player's you know, great or no, no, the, you know, we should just be happy to have a team all that sort of stuff, which, which I think is, again, that's what everyone's entitled to their opinion. And it's fantastic to see people that are emotional about they're just being a team because the, the city of Seattle fought very hard to get one. Um, and, and you know, that mentality is going to carry the teams through because I don't want to be the bearer of bad news uh, on this podcast. Uh, and this is where everyone now switches off. Um, but it's fine. <laughs> so I tell everybody, uh, this bad train that we're on right now, this, this bad feeling when we lose games, we're probably going to have it at various points during the season. We're not going to lose every game until the end of April or May or whenever it is when the season finishes. Um, but we are going to have losing streaks that are going to feel a lot like this one where five-game losing streak feels like a 25-game losing streak because you just don't feel like you can get that break. And I think that's... When I looked at some of the um, numbers, of course, uh, about the, the five losses, you know, we lost 3-2 to... Philadelphia in overtime 
Uh, we lost to Calgary. Yes, it was 6-4, but they had an empty net goal. So it was realistically, it was 5-4. Um, as Kraken did their usual, which was that they pulled the goalie and we gave up a goal straight away because that seems, <laughs> right. to be, seems to be what happens. I'm not quite sold. I think uh, Haskell needs to work on his uh, when he pulls the goaltender, yeah, but never mind. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously we lost to Vancouver, which was a bit of a blowout uh, 5-2. But again, that did, that did include an empty netter as well. Uh, pretty certainly pulled... Grubauer with like three and a half minutes to go or something crazy like that. I, I can't remember. It was it was very early in the morning when I was watching it, uh, and at four two, I was already uh, you know spitting chips into my uh, <laughs> into my coffee. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Um, but like, I think that makes it harder because we being in games and being so close to winning. You know, like that. It just, it just. Oh, it just There's been so sucks. many games like that for Seattle this year. It feels that way. Ugh. It feels that way. I mean, if you I then, feel like there's been so many games where they've had a lead and it's just like yeah. they can't hold on to it, you know, or within one, right? Like it's really close. Yeah, or they do the the like the cardinal sin of of hockey, and this doesn't change whether you're playing hockey in a beer league with your mates or you're playing in the NHL. If you score a goal and then you give up a goal 15 seconds later, like, yeah. you know, that's that's bad. And the Kraken did that twice. I don't know. I, think, I can't even remember if it was back-to-back games. It might have been. I mean, maybe it was against Philly rather than Calgary, but I have a feeling it was against Calgary and against Vancouver. But against Vancouver, they gave up a goal 13 seconds later. That's not the first time that's happened. So yeah. if I'm going to be super critical, and that is kind of our role on this podcast, is to prod the finger into uh, into the team and say, mm, what about this? And I, that's something that Haskell needs to address because you know, they're, they're, they're not, they have moments where defensively they look very strong. And I'll read some f- fancy stats in a minute, but like there is no statistical excuse for giving up a goal 13 seconds later. That is just... You know, that's just people not getting their head back in the game, and and, and it's it, it killed them in the Vancouver game, and it it killed them in the other game, whatever one it was, whether it was Calgary or not. I can't recall. I think but right so. after you score is right after a team scores. That is the most vulnerable moment hmm. in a game defensively because you're buzzing from your goal, and you may, and maybe you're just a little slow to get your head back in the game, and the other team's angry. They'll come. Usually, the other team's going to come at you with ferocity right after you score. Yeah. So, and I think yeah. that's I see it happen over and over and over again, where you know a team will just bounce right back and score score one right back at you because you know they're they're frustrated and they're like, oh, let's go get this one back, and you're still like, yeah, hey, this is great, we scored. Oh my god, that was amazing. Uh oh. <laughs> right. It, I mean, it well, happens to sure a lot of teams. Was the but, word I used this morning, but it was uh, it was uh, yeah yeah it was, it was probably more like colorful that. than that. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, th- that's you, no, mate. You're right. You have it, to be especially careful right after you score. That that first like minute, that first shift right after you score is really dangerous time because yeah. the other team will usually will come at you fast because uh, they want to make up that deficit real quick and they're pissed that you score. Just like a boxer or something. Like you just took a shot in the face and it hurt, and now you're angry. That was it. Right? You're gonna come yeah. at him, come back at him quick. So it's uh, yeah. So it's a vulnerable time, and obviously Seattle's kind of paid the price a couple times on that. Yeah, it's just a killer, and it's it's a you know it's a bit of an emotional suck in terms of the uh, the the arena as well. Like totally. everyone's pumped, and and then the announcer 
has to announce like the cracking goal <laughs> like while they're celebrating and you're there going exactly. oh, just, just shut up man so uh, it's like, you yeah feel nothing, bad for that guy but uh, nothing sucks the energy out of an arena more than you know mm. like it just it takes the momentum away you just gain that momentum and then shoo, the other team kills that right so yeah. it's uh and i think you know there's i mean the, 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 we, in terms of everyone's going to have their own opinion on what the kraken are doing well and not doing well and i've seen some some great analysis and things that i hadn't thought of and i thought actually you're right about that but for me it still comes back to the goaltending and whether we people want to blame the defense or not you know i think it's a team it is a team role um and we saw that with flurry in chicago like the change in defense you know rocked him a little bit at the beginning um but you can't get away from these stats which is so as i said earlier the expected goals against per game for Seattle was 2.21 which is the league's lowest so 30 seconds so our expected goals against per game is actually the best in the league whereas our actual goals against per game is the fourth highest in the league at wow. 2.97 and it's that disparity which is the bit that I'm I'm that I think is is the highlight it's not Absolutely. that we were the fourth highest. We were the fourth highest, but we were the fourth highest as expected goals. You'd be able to say, well, look, you know, we're just not playing very well defensively. Whereas I think defensively we are because we're limiting teams on shots. Now, frustratingly against Vancouver, we were outshot. And I think we have had that in a couple of games. So there is a downside to playing the way that we're playing when we're not having enough shots. But actually, as a team, we give up the least amount of shots on goal of any team in the league. So again, that's a statistic that you would think would 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 favor a goalie. And then Absolutely. if we break down it further and have a look at the high danger chances, whereas Vegas give up 3.19 high danger chances per game, which is the third highest in the league, uh, by the way, uh, Seattle give up the 25th lowest amount of high danger chances. So 2.9 or 2.19 in terms of in terms of that. Now and I know you know stats are stats, but I, I just I can't I can't help but sit here and say and believe that if Grubauer was playing better, and I think Drieger's had some good games recently, his his kind of yearly stats are somewhat impacted by the little amount that he's played. So you know it's going to take him a few more games to start to make them look better, even even if he has a good game or two. Um, but for Grubauer, he's played enough games that this isn't. These are these are true stats now, and and I think if he makes a couple more saves a night, then you know the Kraken team are sat in a kind of just outside the wild card, but feeling a lot better about the team because we're winning a few more games. And you know, we, you were saying earlier, JP, how many Kraken games it feels like have been decided by one goal or by one play. That's where. You know, a, an elite goalie—that's where they make their bacon because they—they—they uh, they, yeah. they give you that killer save that wins that close game. I just don't think the Kraken at the moment have got, you know, in Grubauer, it's somebody who who can do that, and it's and it's weird because he he hasn't he has been a good goalie. Um, maybe it's a bit much to say elite, but he's been a good goalie, a great goalie at times. Um, for all of his career so this is a a blip for him and i'm sure he'll turn it around but right now it's costing the crack and points 
Yeah. And I think you're right. I think they're right there because you're th- those defensive numbers, uh, the expected goals that speaks to what you and I have talked about, which is the way the team's built. Like you expect the team to be sort of that really stingy defense, um, you know, that sort of impenetrable, in, impenetrable defense kind of team, a la Islanders, Dallas, you know, the way Montreal played when they went all the way to the final it's that that's the style of play that you expect from the team. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, uh, you know, just looking here while you were talking, I was kind of looking at group hours, reading up on group hours career here. And, um, so yeah, I didn't, I, I don't, I didn't know like the full, all the details on sort of his career path, but I guess like he started with the capitals, yep. but looking at this, I don't think he, he wasn't a starter necessarily, or he was just, that was when he was sort of getting called up. Yeah, he right, was backup. From, yeah, I think to, yeah, from to the minors and was yeah, a backup. Yeah, yeah. So the Avalanche is really the first team where he was like the bona fide number one guy. Yep. Right. And then, um, you know, and he obviously, uh, you know, kind of has has done a couple of playoff runs with them. Um, they've never managed to go super deep, right? I don't know that the Avalanche have ever managed to get. They haven't managed to get past the second round. Uh, in recent years, but, nope. uh, and, and so really the, the bulk of his pro experience as a starter or all of his pro experience was with the avalanche. So I do think sometimes for a, a guy like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's not like, like who isn't used to changing teams, who, who isn't used to moving around, you know, it's, he's been there a while now. Right. But he's very well may still just be adjusting to his new surroundings. It's not an excuse. These guys are paid huge amounts of money to do what they do. But, um, but yeah, I think you're right. And I don't, I, I think like you said, just maybe he stops one, he saves one extra goal per game. That's a huge difference in the, in the statistics and the season standings for the team. Mm. You know, these games where it's really close or whatever. And, um, so yeah, it's interesting how how thin a thread a team's success can rest on, isn't it? Like one little factor like that can be the difference between last in the division and like you said, sort of hanging hanging out at like a wild card position, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think for some reason I had it in my head that Grubauer had played for more teams, but looking at this, it's really the Avalanche is kind of that's been his career so far in the NHL for the most part. Yeah, I mean, Washington's where he made his name uh, and yeah. he, he came in for Holtby uh, and obviously was in the, on the team when they won the Stanley Cup as well. So he's got, yeah. a, he's got a cup ring to his name. Right, right, which helps. That that lends a lot of cred to to a player, right? Um, yeah. Um, so, and, and to be honest, you know, he's going nowhere. So for, for people that think that I'm saying this because I'm kind of, anti grew I'm, I'm not I, I think he'll turn it around i think statistics and his and his numbers and his career like this will be his worst season ever which is bad but it's good in a way because you know that that's not his norm and like you said jp i think when he he, he finds his, his 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 footing that he'll he'll be okay but as of today it's it's painful and it's painful for him no doubt as much as it is for anyone else um yeah, you know, and like you said about the one shot, I don't want to just pick up on certain goals. And but, but Colson's goal in the Vancouver game uh, last night or this morning for me was one of those times where like the Kraken were in the game then, and they were really putting pressure under Vancouver, not getting a lot of shots, which was a bit of a pain. But and then comes down the other end, Pod Colson picks up the puck, and he's got three Kraken guys around him now. So I guess 
the defensive argument would be, well, if one of those puts a stick on it, he doesn't get his shot away. But he got his shot away, and he goes into the top corner, and it's just that annoying little, like there was no real traffic in front of Grubau when the shot was taken. Those are the ones we just think, oh, you know. It's a little bit, yeah, it's a soft one. Yeah, yeah, and it it wasn't an easy, it was a good snipe into the top corner, so it wasn't an easy shot that he should have saved all day. It was on his stick side as well. But it's just one of those shots where you just think, man, like a Grubau that's dialed in, stops Would that shot it. you know that, that's, yeah yeah that's, that's what i mean like, yeah. i know that he can stop those shots i guess is where it's it's most frustrating right well and that's like you said that's the difference between the, the those goalies that are stopping shots that it's like they that you know you they're supposed to stop the shots that they should stop <laughs> and then stop a couple other ones that they shouldn't have been able to stop yeah. that's usually the difference where they have one or two saves per game where you're like oh my gosh how did they stop that and then, like you said, that's the difference between a point, you know, a difference of one goal mm-hmm. often makes all the difference. It makes the difference between Stanley Cups. It makes the difference between moving on to the next round in the playoffs or not. And it may, you know, and consistently throughout a season, it can make the difference between being exactly. a playoff team and not being a playoff and team. And you've said so. it yourself with Flurry. You know, there's been times where you've been sat there, you've seen him, you know, in normal Flurry fashion. He'll be like sp- spread out across the ice legs and arms everywhere and he gets he gets yeah. you know something on a puck and you're there going gee how did he get that like those are the sort of things where and I, you know I, I feel bad for Gru as well because you know I, I play, players will and, and fans will say I oh, just don't listen to the noise but that's a lot easier for you know for someone who's not having it directed at them to say I, I like Gru Bowen knows that he's having a bad season. I don't think he's under any disillusion for that. Like he'll be feeling it more than anyone else. So, you know, yeah. for him personally, I'd love to see him, him, him turn it around. And, um, and I think so it would you- make a massive difference to the team as well. There are some positives though, that I want to talk about very quickly before we, we wrap this episode up. Cause I don't want to be total negative because you know, I made some notes over the last couple of games of things that I thought was good. Um, and uh, and there's not too many, but there's a few. So <laughs> the the first one is around uh, Colin Blackwell, who obviously missed a a, a massive portion of the beginning of the season uh, for injury, and he, he is he is a real plus to us. I mean, yes, it's another probably bottom six guy where we could do with a few more top six, but like his energy, like if we're looking for somebody to replace Tanev this season uh, i might point out um then colin blackwell is your guy to do that he's a real kind of energizer player like he's he's he looks like he's he's fitting in quite nicely be interested to see what they do with him because i know his contract's up um so i'd be surprised if they trade him at the deadline but we can talk about that on another podcast uh and the other kind of positive which i saw which would be great to hear what other people's thoughts are on both these players, but and that's Will Borgen. So Will Borgen was taken in the expansion draft from Buffalo, um, which surprised quite a few people when he was taken. He's a little older than, I guess, some of the, what they were classed as younger defensemen, but he's still young. He's still youthful. He's just not like early 20s. I think he's 24, 25, maybe something like that. Um from memory, I, I don't know. I don't didn't check up his date of birth, but I'm pretty certain he's in that region. Um, right. He is looking like a really good player, and the more that he's playing, uh, the more that he's kind of starting to find his feet in the NHL, and he's he looks a, he looks a really good acquisition. So, as I said, you know, on the blog, but I, and I, I'll say it again here. Whilst there are lots of 
things to be pointing the finger at right now. I think the future still looks bright because we've got players like him that, you know, if they become like the Zach Whitecloud for that has that's happened at Vegas and somebody that you can get who's young, who can type a nice long deal pretty cheap, but can be a top four D as well. Like that makes a big difference when you start to get competitive. So um yeah, two big positives there. Yeah, I'm you know, and I know you have a couple other things you want to cover probably, but I'm you know, I'm generally I'm generally feeling um in terms of the future, I'm feeling positive for Seattle. You know, it's it's easy mm. to say that when they're not like my main team that I follow, right? But um, you know, and I I think fans have to remember, like, enjoy the small positives enjoy the small like try not to keep your eye on the prize quite so much like it's better to just like when you when the team gets a win enjoy that moment in the moment right and when the team plays well enjoy those things in the moment like i think sometimes fans they're just it's like their eyes on the cup at all times right and it's like (laughs) oh if your team is is in contention that's one thing but if they're not then you know what are you worried about anyway like even if they were a wild card team like cup would have been highly unlikely probably this season right so mm-hmm. you know everybody's got to enjoy the small victories and like you're saying the you know look at the the good players that are you know that are promising on the team and enjoy enjoy when they play well and um, you know, easy. Nobody wants to hear that coming from a Golden Knights fan right now. But uh, <laughs> but I think in sports yeah. in general, you have to do that, right? Otherwise, it's you can't control it. So otherwise, it's just torture. <laughs> you know, when your team's not when your team's not doing well. But anyway, got sidetracked. I want you to finish. You had a couple other things you wanted to cover, but and I know that all too well. I mean, the three teams that I follow, my the three sports I follow the most, obviously Seattle Kraken and not hockey. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins in in a, in a you know, wild classes American football. You guys for classes football um, mm-hmm. and uh, and Coventry City are my my English football team. Uh, While well, you guys for classes soccer um, and uh, none of those guys are smashing it. So I'm, I'm certainly used to the uh, the long game. But yeah, like you yeah. said, it's, it's, it's a small victory, and I think that's what why I've really you know it's been nice to see the comments, good and bad, to you know to what we've been talking around both on here but on the blog as well, because you get to see. You know how many people will feel down about stuff for maybe a bit, and then like straight away they're saying, "Right, it's another game. Let's you know, let's let's get behind yeah. the team against us." That hope is see. renewed every game. Yeah. yeah, that that's part of sports fandom. I think is you 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 know mourn the loss, and then you um, hmm. you know you got another game coming up tomorrow yep. or the next day, and you just now you know you uh, yeah your hope for good things is renewed and. Even in that moment, I mean, like, I, you know, there've been many times I've been to a game at the Fortress where some team that is already eliminated from the playoffs, they're, they're not going to make it, right? Like they're statistically not going to make the playoffs. It's late in the season and they come to the Fortress and play a game and manage to, to beat the Knights, right? And those fans that flew out to watch, they have a ball celebrating that, right? So it's, and we all do that. So it's, you know, you, you can still enjoy watching your team and supporting your team on a game to game basis. Like, you know, every, most teams aren't going to make it. Every team gets booted eventually. So <laughs> except for oh, one. Yeah. Hey, look, every, every year there's 31 losers, 31 losers. So, yeah. you know, and Knights included, we can talk about how good the Knights are, but every year, you know, so far in the franchise's history, we have exited the playoffs without a cup. So, you know, it's, Ultimately, we're all the same in that way. And, you mm-hmm. know, of course, we get the excitement. You know, when your team goes deep, you get that excitement and that fun. But, um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's rare for a team to win the cup. So you have to, I think as a sports fan, you have to enjoy the smaller moments, right? That's the only way to do it. Otherwise it's just misery. (laughs) And we joke about that. It's (laughs) like, um, one of my Twitter friends is a big Toronto fan and he always just says, just one round. I just want one round. Like if they could just win one round, I'd be happy. Yeah. Until you win that round. And then, right, you, want, then, then you, want you want one more and then you want the second then the third yeah <laughs> it's like family yeah. guy that now i want more that character on family <laughs> guy that always reminds me of that yeah you always want more once you get what you want but uh yeah uh, anyway like like i said i'm getting sidetracked there but uh that's my oh, that's, philosophy that's cool, talk and the that's the last the last thing for us to talk about on this because we still going to talk about it beginning was the winter classic so my only question for you jp is did you did you watch it I did. I did watch the Winter Classic. I think those games were a lot of fun. And um, let me tell you, I have been to Minnesota that time of year. I have been in that part of the country in January. And Mm -hmm. it is every bit as cold and brutal as it looks. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it, right? Because you could see it. And people remember that episode of uh, Friends where Joey puts all of his clothes on. And he has like the twenty, like the seventy-five right. T-shirts on. He's just walking around, like looking like the Michelin Man, right? And uh, not to offend the people of Minnesota with what I'm about to say, but like when it showed the crowd, they all looked like Joey from Friends. Because, and, and, and I'm not surprised. Minus twenty-four. I literally, like, I struggle in like five degrees in the UK. I would be dead. So there's no way on this planet that I, I'd be able to go to that game. Like I would just, my body would just shut down. And you'd have to cart me out. So it's um, brutal. Your body starts doing weird things in those kind of temperatures. Like, I don't know if you saw the footage of on the bench, you know, one of the, I don't know which player it was, but they were like rubbing his ears down with stuff. Cause like you're, you like your ear, you start to have some pain from the cold. You do. Yeah. You know, it like hurts. your skin, yeah. your skin, like whether you're playing sports at full bore or not, your skin does not respond well to those kind of temperatures. And those guys yeah. have to, they can't cover their ears because they have to be able to hear on the ice. So, you know, and you could see him like grimacing, like his ears were probably bordering on frostbitten, you know? So it's, mm. uh, it's brutal to play, you know, even like, let's say up in Canada where they're used to playing outdoor pond hockey and stuff. When the temperatures get that low, even in Canada, parents are like, no hockey today. You need to stay indoors, <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. when they get low enough, it's, it's bad to be out in it. And for me watching that game, I was like, I know that like it's big money and this game was scheduled, but these temperatures are, this is pretty brutal stuff here. It, like, it was fun to watch. But... medium though, because the previous game was too toasty because yeah, the, exactly. the ice was melting. So it's exactly. quite funny. Like, it's, you it's, know, it's, I'm kind of sat down ready to watch that game and, uh, you know, they're saying, oh, the sun's too bright. We're going to have to go off the ice. And you think, oh, my God. Okay, guys, maybe we should just stick to arenas because this stuff doesn't happen. But anyway, it was quite funny. What what I did find, and I don't know if this was just the UK, which I'm going to ask this question. So the commentary, the team that did the commentary were not in Minnesota. So firstly, let's call them out for being wusses. Right, because they did not, they did not brave minus twenty four. They, I'm pretty certain the main commentator was in New Jersey at the time, right? Okay, and I'm sure that him and Kevin Weeks are going to say our schedule just didn't allow us to get there, or it was COVID or some reason. I don't know, but whatever reason. So what it meant was the delay on the audio was like five seconds behind. So St. Louis scored. The players are celebrating. 
my wife, who sat next to me at the time while watching the game, turns around to me and says, oh, so Lewis has scored. Uh, I look up, and only then does the commentator say, oh, it's gone in. <laughs> and you think, oh, yeah. my God. Like, it was literally four or yeah. five seconds behind. And I yeah. thought, come on, NHL. Like you said, JP, this is a big money game. Like, this is this is your kind of marquee game, and the reason they do these games is obviously for the fans, but it's also to bring new fans, because let's be honest, that's what the NHL is aiming to do, is to grow its market share. Of course it is. Every sport does. Um, but... I thought it was a real own goal. I just have the guys there for God's sake. And, but yeah, I don't know if was that a UK thing or did you have the same? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I didn't notice that. So I'm wondering if that might've had to do, um, cause you would have been streaming it. I'm guessing, right. You were watching it like on an internet stream. No. So we're watching it on TV, but essentially it is still being streamed by the, uh, the TV yeah. channel. Cause they, they don't obviously get the original, the original feed was they going don't, from yeah. So, NHL, so yeah. at their station, they have the feed and then they push it down the, the TV, basically mm. the television pipe or whatever. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting. I did not notice yeah. that. So it's quite possible that that might've been broadcast specific, but your point remains because during the bubble, I remember that was a big issue all of most of the commentators were calling the game remotely. And for us, it was definitely that whole, the whole playoffs for the most part was, um, or a lot of it, there was that delay there where yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. calling, you know, <laughs> they're not calling the, the goal until a couple seconds after mm. it happens. Um, also I, I was watching the game, but I was being social at the time too. So it's possible <laughs> that was happening and I just wasn't noticing. I was talking through a lot of it, yeah. like hanging out with people, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Your, your points, your point remains. It's, you know, it's like, it's like yeah. just fly those guys out and, and they can watch it. They can call it from up in the booth in yeah. the stadium in, like, inside or something. Properly, man. Just bear the cold. But, yeah. Get your 27 t-shirts on, get joeyed up and, uh, yeah, call yeah. it properly. Uh, yeah, exactly. That that <laughs> delay is is prohibitive to your watching experience for sure. It makes you want to just turn down the volume and not listen to the commentary because, um, yeah, if they're not calling it as it's happening. Then it's a, then it's more of a distraction than anything else, isn't it? Mm. But uh, but uh, yeah, but you know, aside from that, uh, cool game. It's always fun to see kind of the alternate uniforms and mm. um, the Wild made a game of it there towards the end. They, they made it interesting, but uh, but it was a pretty much a spanking for the first at least the first two periods. You know, yeah, the Blues look good, man. I mean, it's that sort of team that. If I was Vegas, I would want to try and avoid those boys and hopefully someone else takes them out because uh, if they start to get like playoff hot when they get in, because they will get in, um, it's, uh, yeah, they're a scary team. They've got some good, yeah. they got some good pieces, but, you know, Butchnevich, some good acquisitions for them in the off season. So. And, yeah, and the Wild are no slouches either. And that's, no, that's good, the thing. Like they were, they were spanking they were a well pretty beaten. good Wild team, you know? Yeah. There we go. So the last thing for me, just to quickly cover uh, a few little nods to what's coming up, uh, JP. So what me and you are going to be doing over the next couple of months uh, as part of the uh, rebrand and the realignment that we've done with this show. uh, We have a whole host of stuff planned for January and February. We've got some interviews. uh, We've got some... Um, I don't know what we want to call them, crossovers, combinations with a few other podcasts as well. So we're going to be doing some joined up episodes with a few other podcasts. I won't announce who they are just yet uh, because we want to make a big thing about it when we do it. But we've got some 
cool things planned. Um, and as we did with the play, uh, the power play today, if there's certain areas that you want myself or JP to go into or to look at, or just you've got something you want to raise or a point you want to get across on the show, then please feel free uh, to contact us. You can do that on Twitter, of course. You can do that directly to myself, to JP at Golden Steel, or to the uh, the Kraken Knights uh, Twitter handle, which is at Kraken Knights, uh, obviously a K in Knights. Um, or you can head over to our New Look website, which has had a complete revamp, uh, which uh, we're pretty proud about. Uh, so that is, uh, as I said before, cracking-nights.com. And we've got a mailbag feature on like we did before, so you can contact us on that if you don't want to use Twitter or if you don't have Twitter. Um, but we'd love to hear from you all the same. And we will be doing more blogs as we go forward as well. We'll be doing some on the Vegas Golden Knights and some on, on, on Seattle as well. So... As always, all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening to the show. We appreciate every single listen we get. Hope everybody had a great holiday period uh, and a, a great New Year's. Let's hope that 2022 uh, involves more hockey, uh, less COVID, and if you're a Kraken fan, some more victories. Um, but for now, that's it for me and JP. So we'll see you next week. So see you soon. Bye-bye.